0: Welcome to Ignition, a radio show and podcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and we want to launch your own efforts to explain the Catholic faith and to invite others to live it. Before we get into today's topic, we want to remind you that we love listener feedback. Um, If you've never listened to the show, we're telling you, I'm not reminding you. We love listener feedback. So uh, if you've got questions about today's episode, if you've got ideas for future episodes, please contact us. Two easy ways to do so. You can email us. Ignition at sfcatholic.org. Again, ignition at sfcatholic.org. Or you can tweet at us. Use the Twitter handle at SF diocese, S F D I O C E S E with the hashtag ignition to get it to us. So, um, this is a little bit of a different episode of Ignition. We, we do this on occasion. Father Dickinson uh, couldn't be here today, so I have a guest co-host, and a first-time guest co-host this time. Um, sitting across from the table for me is Cameo Anders. Hi, Cameo. Hi, Chris. <laughs> so, uh, as I do occasionally, um, I, I, something that's always interesting to me is... Um, to hear other people's stories and give them the opportunity to share their story with other people and a lot of people so I'm getting a look Kevin's <laughs> face <me> a, <laughs> a little smile like why why my story um, I always enjoy uh, I think testimonies are a powerful thing, where people just share how God has worked in their life. Um, that That's a powerful way and a simple way for people to evangelize. So on occasion, um, as regular listeners to Ignition will know, uh, I, I have uh, a guest on who I ask just to sort of share their spiritual, autobi- spiritual biography, and I'll just ask questions along the way. So this is um, for you, Cameo, and for the listeners to know just a conversation about... Um, who you are. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't we stop? Just, uh, we'll, we'll sort of start just briefly. If you could introduce yourself after I do, because I should say who I am, but just introduce who you are today. And we'll sort of go back We'll put you on the couch, and you can tell us about Sounds good. <laughs> uh, a little bit more about me, in case you've never listened to Ignition before. Um, my name is Chris Bergwald. I am the Director of Adult Discipleship and Evangelization with the Diocese of Sioux Falls. Uh, more importantly, a husband and father as, as a married layman. Uh, been married to Jermaine for 17 years, 17 and a half years, um, depending when this is airing. And she and I have uh, five great, great kids together. Uh Tell me, who are you? I know. Well,
1: <laughs> I think also first and foremost, I'm wife of, um, yeah, wonderful husband. I'm sure I'm biased. Um, I have four kids, so I've been stay at home mom for, um, wow, oldest just turned thirteen this year. I also have my own law practice, so I'm an attorney here in Sioux Falls. Um, and let's see. Recently nominated to the Avera Ethics Board, so oh. that's kind of ex- an exciting new turn of events for me.
0: So, so you know, um, Plato said that as a society begins to fall apart, there's an increase in number in doctors and attorneys. Are you aware of, of lawyers? Yeah. You yeah. know that, right? Uh, uh, yes. You probably read The Republic where he talks about
1: that. <laughs> I have, um, yeah. <laughs> which is why I decided to be a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs>
0: because I said, so, so, there's
1: got to be some good ones out there, and I'm hoping that fine. I'm one of them. Okay,
0: very good. <laughs> Okay, so um, I think what I want to do is, anything else to say about who you are in a nutshell? Um, Where are you from?
1: I'm from Rapid City, Okay, Um, from a family of 10 kids, Uh, so I have one sister, I'm second oldest, so we're sort of the bookends, there's eight boys in there, Um, yeah, and we ended up out here East River, East River, um, right? Yeah.
0: So for those, so that in case, because we do have some international listeners. So okay. Rapid City, South Dakota, yep. which is the eastern half, or in the eastern half of South Dakota, western or half,
1: western half, yep,
0: western half, yep. And we at Sioux Falls <laughs> are in the eastern uh, half of the state as well. So, but it's about five hours from Sioux Falls to Rapid City. So it's not right. like going from Rapid City to Sioux Falls or vice versa is just like a move of an hour or two. Right. And um uh, this is starting to move us towards your your personal history, but your experience. I talking to, to several friends who are who are from West River and now live East River. Uh there's definitely a difference in culture, isn't there?
1: You know, I think East Riverers, is that a word, have yeah. told us that more often, you know, oh, you West Rivers are just, you know, very different. And I you don't I experience don't, that. I don't experience it so much except that So my husband is from West River also and ranch country. And there's, you know, there's a lot of ranchers out there. And then there's the Black Hills, which is a beautiful kind of um, semi-mountainous, you know, so maybe that's the culture difference, just a lot more outdoor adventure, a lot more ranching.
0: You don't see, so speaking at, not not as a South Dakota native, but somebody who's lived here for 14 plus years, um, you don't see a big culture difference then between the two halves of the state?
1: I don't, you know, I miss the black Hills, but I don't see that there's a big difference in, in culture as compared to, you know, maybe a New Yorker or, or, um, you know, I'm sure that's (laughs) (laughs) a huge distinction, but I, I guess I haven't seen it.
0: Okay. So, so South Dakota really is one people.
1: I think so. Yeah, one great, amazing
0: (laughs) group of. (laughs) Very good. So, um, again, what I want to do is sort of go back to the beginning. You already mentioned that you're the second of 10 kids, right? So it must be boy, girl, boy, 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 girl.
1: And then one more boy. And then one more boy. Yeah. Okay.
0: Um, You grew up Catholic.
1: I did. So,
0: talk a little bit about. what your faith was like, how important it was insofar as, you know, I, I'm not putting you on the couch as listeners again, know, So, you know, and, and if you never listened to Ignition before, uh, the, the idea here is just for you to be able to share a little about your own faith experience. So.
1: Sure. Yeah. I was, I was blessed with a great family. Um, you know, a dad that worked hard to provide for us, a mom that stayed home and took care of us. Um, you know, just, they both put their their life on the back burner for their kids. For their kids. Um, so that alone just taught us love and foundation. Um, and then my mom does a beautiful job teaching the faith. So we always had that too. I, I was pretty inquisitive. You know, why do we have to do this? Why do we have to do that? Um, and she always came up with a good answer. So I think I was fortunate that way.
0: <laughs> did, you, did you grow up in town or were you in the country?
1: We were out in the country.
0: Okay. Was your dad a rancher or did you do something else?
1: No. Uh, my dad is in construction. Okay. So he was a contractor. And then as my brothers grew up, they would um, go off and help him. And I would stay. I was, my job was home, you know, helping take care of kids. Um, so, yeah, it was kind of, if you can imagine with eight boys, a little bit of a crazy. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> no, upbringing. I can't. I only have one. So I'm not. <laughs> no, I can imagine. Yes, I can. So, um uh, you you talked there about you, you. You you were personally very inquisitive, would ask your own questions. So, what's your uh, insofar as you can as as you know and can answer? What's your mom's history that way? I mean, did she, as far as I know, she doesn't have a degree in theology or anything like that, right? So, right. How how did she come to the the knowledge of the faith that she had, as far as you know?
1: Yeah, you know, my grandparents on both sides are Catholic. Okay, um, I think just growing up in it, but. I, I think she's just always had a passion for it. If if I is she could, a reader. Well, she'll she actually she used to. So my family, my my grandparents live in Minnesota. Okay. So nine Good hours from Rapid City. So my mom is a tape listener or a CD oh, listener, yeah. and we would have to do this nine-hour trek listening to oh. you know. Okay. Scott Hans, I'm sure he's great, but nine hours of Scott Hans when you're 10 is (laughs) a
0: lot. Fair enough. (laughs) I think Scott would understand. Okay, so she so she would learn not necessarily, read, but somehow she she was even as an adult. Then she was mm-hmm. learning more about her Catholic faith, right? And therefore, when uh, her daughter Cameo is asking questions—sincere and honest, open questions—I'm sure with
1: much respect, and much respect, yes, always.
0: <laughs> um, she was prepared. It sounds like to answer them.
1: Yeah, and and not just to take any credit for her um, passion all on my own, but you know she taught confirmation and, um, at our church. And, you know, so she's touched a lot. I think she's just always had a passion to teach young people, um, about the faith and she, and it's crazy, but she does a great job making it interesting and exciting for young people.
0: Okay. So do you recall, um, did you, in terms of family prayer, devotions, that sort of thing, anything that sticks out, things that you did that you see, looking back in hindsight, as these were very significant things to, that we did together. Did you, like, w- was nightly, for, for me growing up, um, we always prayed before meals, but we didn't really have family prayer time at bedtime or that sort of thing. Did you guys do that kind of thing?
1: Well, we did, but my, so my mom would always have us say the rosary, but it was, you know, it was never like, wow, this is great, wonderful fam- family prayer time. I think most of us fell asleep during the rosary. <laughs> Resting in the Lord. <laughs> so I hate to say that, but um, yeah, she she had good intentions, but I don't know if we had that. You Gotcha. Know, Yep. Great family prayer time.
0: So you, you grew up in this home, uh, parents providing, put, putting their life on the back burner for the sake of their kids. Um, your mom's able to answer questions that you act very, re- ask very respectfully. Um, you become a teenager, and then, and we'll get to college and so on. But that—that's d- d- the d- that age. Um, so you said you have a thirteen. I have an almost thirteen-year-old, um, and I know at some point that my kids, as 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 they grow, just as with with each of one of us, the baton has to be passed in terms right. of the, the the passion that I have for our Lord and His Church um, doesn't just transfer automatically by osmosis. Um, and so many parents have the experience of that baton, if you will, being dropped, yeah. much to their Pain, dismay. So was the baton passing from parents, mom and dad, to cameo pretty seamless as you grew into like late teenage years, high school, young adulthood, or or did it get dropped and then picked up again?
1: I don't ever remember a time where I, I d- dropped my faith, Okay, you know, but it was always just kind of a slow trudging along. Um... You know, I didn't have this on fire, um, I do have a cool story and it is the one that's going to make me cry. I'll share it anyway. Um, so I'm maybe sophomore or junior and my parents in high school. school, Yep. They're dragging us to, um, Denver for a Marian conference of some sort. And I'm just kind of tired of being drug everywhere for church stuff. And at this time, my brother is a, um, professional skier. He's living in Breckenridge. He's, you know, what I see as the good life. Like, I just want to go do something fun. Yeah, And I'm being drugged to this conference. And um, hopefully my parents didn't see me as, you know, I don't know, resisting. So this might be news to them, but I, I just needed to get away. So I stepped out into the lobby. So you're at
0: the conference. I'm
1: at the conference. Everyone's inside and there's praying and there's teaching and speakers. And I just, I just was kind of uh oversaturated by it and I just needed to step back. Cause I this was my parents' faith. Yep. And and I hadn't dropped it, and it was my faith too. But um so I'm sitting there outside out in the lobby area by myself, no one's there except for this statue of Mary. It's the Fatima statue, and it was traveling around. Okay. And I all of a sudden smell this crazy overpowering scent of roses. Mm. And I had kind of had my head down. So I look up like wondering what older lady just passed by with really, (laughs) really strong perfume (laughs) on. And I, I look at the statue and the statue is crying. And, um, I had been just praying to Mary, like, Mary, I'm like, I'm just not really on fire for this stuff. You know, Mm. I, um, you know, so that's my, that's my one moment in teenagehood where I just really felt like I'll give you an answer. You know, you're right. you're looking for something solid. You're looking for something that's your own, and I was the only one out there. And the right. statue started crying. Right. Like that was just the yeah.
0: See the, the scent of roses and seeing the statue crying. So that was for you a gift from God, sort of confirming okay, right. this is this is real. This is not just mom and dad's like hobby that they're making me uh, take interest in. This is right. this is real.
1: Yeah. Yep.
0: So you were you were soft, freshman sophomore somewhere in there do you say or junior?
1: Yeah, you? you know sophomore junior
0: somewhere in there. Okay, yeah. okay. So so the the way again this idea of the the baton being passed sort of at the at that point it's like mom and dad are extending it to you and you've ta- you've you've grabbed it like you said it's it wasn't just theirs it was yours but they haven't completely let go because it's still you're still both holding on as this transition to your adulthood where it becomes your own. So was that moment a defining moment where it's really started to become more your faith than theirs or not yet?
1: Well, I think that's where I sort of warned you that my faith story is probably really boring because even (laughs) after that (laughs) great moment, um, you know, maybe I had the, maybe the baton had been passed and and it's mine, but I hadn't taken off running at Mm -hmm. all. And um, even after that, that great moment of you know the statue is crying and it's just me and I'm I'm smelling roses and I'm feeling a <clears throat> crazy sense of of motherly love, um. You know that that feeling went away. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, so then it was just the everyday plodding on in your faith and yeah, I,
0: so, I just kept oh, going. Yeah, so, <laughs> so a couple of things for I for I love. I love your addition to our baton passing metaphor here of where you weren't really running yet. Because I do think that is the, so oftentimes the baton gets dropped, but there are just as many times, um, I think, where the baton is successfully passed, but the recipient, the young person, so it, it, you in this case, you're not really running it full tilt yet. You're, okay, I'm taking, but you're, we're sort of like trotting along still. Like we're not really, this is mine and it's important, but it's not enough where I'm going full bore.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: Um, the other thing too, that strikes me about what you just, so so that's you and just sort of plotting. But I do think that's the, the experience of a lot of people. And I think it's, so as boring as you might think this is, I think it's good for people to hear because we can have those mountaintop experiences, but then we have to go back down the mountain and real life continues. So you had a beautiful mystical experience uh, in, in middle high school, but that doesn't continue forever for people who have those experiences. They have to go on with their ordinary life, right? At just as you did. So I, I think that's common and therefore helpful for people to know. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. Okay. okay. Good. All
0: right. Okay. So high school. What about so so? Um, you've you've already basically said the baton never got dropped. How? Uh, how fast were you running in college? To continue with our metaphor, like were you start? Was this really becoming important to you, or would that come later?
1: I think it would come later. I, it was always important. Like I always knew that faith was important. I knew that God was important. I knew that I loved my Catholic faith. Um, right. I knew that when I searched for answers, I could find them there. But I didn't really have a, a huge desire to search. Um, And I, so then college starts and I thought that I wanted to go to Montana, ski, study architecture, just do the, I I had no really desires to um, go to a Catholic college, but then, you know, as I look back in my life, all these little things happened that have pushed me in this direction. So Tim Gray was Mm -hmm. the, I want to say he was the religious director of Rapid City, maybe. So he happened to be eating with us at our house when we're discussing college. And he suggests to my parents that I should go to Steubenville. So, and he talks about this Austria program.
0: And- so I want to pause you there. So just okay. to be clear, we're talking, <laughs> if you're listening, if you know anything about the Catholic faith or the, the, the Catholic world, in the United States. So this is, we're talking about Tim Gray, who is Dr. Tim Gray, the president of the Augustine Institute, who publishes all sorts of books and CDs, right?
1: Right. Sorry, right. Tim, I'm about to blame you for sending me to Steubenville.
0: <laughs> okay. So so he has this idea, you should go to Steubenville.
1: And my parents loved it. They're okay. like, oh, that sounds great. I was the first one to go to college, um, and I was there. At the time, my younger sister, I don't think, had been born yet. Um, so, you know, only girl. And they thought this was a great idea, so I sort of made a bargain: if I can go to Austria first year, I'll go to Steubenville. So that was where I ended up my first year.
0: Okay, so um, <clears throat> you go to Steubenville uh, for that first year, and 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 so ho- obviously, hopefully, your faith grew there. Well, oh no,
1: I <laughs> know. So <laughs> you know, <laughs> and there I am in this amazing school, very charismatic, full of you know three masses a day and a Adoration Chapel that you can go to anytime, and I look back and I just think, how did I, um, how did I not like it there? But I, I really didn't. Um, you know, I came from the Black Hills and then to Ohio, which is right next to Pittsburgh, super yep. smelly, and you know, so <laughs> well, I couldn't really ride my bike. <laughs> I'm telling.
0: You. We should stop this right. Now. As a Stumville alum, I am offended by this, the direction this is going. No, go no
1: I said it was a great school before I, I said it was I, smelly I at the time. I'm sure it's not anymore.
0: <laughs> no comment. <laughs> okay. So, so so it wasn't as great as a school. It may be objectively, in a sense, for the Catholic faith and so on. For Cameo, this was not a great fit.
1: It wasn't a great fit because I wanted to be in Bozeman, Montana. <clears throat> right. I wanted to be skiing. I wanted right. to be okay. doing other things. Um But I was looking forward to Austria and that's what really ruined me is, um, (laughs) Steubenville does a great job of sending students to this beautiful campus. And then at that time too, they brought Eastern European students to live and study with us. So my roommate was from Russia and then, um, the other one is a South Dakota native, which was kind of fun, but, um, and then. You know, studying with all these Eastern European students and learning different languages and traveling, it just opened my eyes to realize that there's a lot more to life right. than what I thought I wanted. Right. So I think that was kind of the catalyst that sent me on my way.
0: Okay. So you end up finishing college, ultimately getting a law degree. Yep. From where did you finish school, and where did you get your law degree?
1: So I ended up graduating from University of Dallas. Okay. Down in Texas. Another obviously. fine Catholic institution. Yes. Yes. And um, then I got my law degree from Ave Maria School of Law, which at the time was in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Now it's down in Florida. Right.
0: Okay. Throughout that whole transition, faith, is it sort of the, the continual study deepening or were there fits and starts along the way?
1: Yeah, I think... So maybe I can say it this way. One time someone told me a story about these two people and this one person is on fire with their faith and they just um have this feeling of how god loves them and every day they're you know going to mass and singing and praising god then there's another person who just doesn't really have that feeling of on fire with their faith right. and they go to mass and they do their duties and they learn about god but there's the feeling's not there and right. the question that was presented to me was who falls away from their faith first. Mm. And obviously I'm going to think, well, the one that's just trudging along, but the answer is the one whose faith is based on feeling. Right. So I'm, you know, I, I feel like I'm that one that just trudges along. So even through um, college and uh, between college and law school, I went down to Honduras for two years and thought, Oh, I'll do this, you know, big act of service and that will help me feel more faithful. Even through all of that, it's just been, you know, I guess a, a plodding along in my right. faith, but a deepening in my love for the the teaching of the church. It's, right. it's always, always answered every single question I've, I've come to. And I've come to a lot of hard questions and it's been, you know, women priests and homosexual marriage and, you know, all the tough issues. Um, I love that the church... Answers them and answers them beautifully. Right. And I've never found that anywhere else.
0: So I love. that. So, so the, the 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 classic fable, the tortoise and the hare, very much. I mean, you, you said you, you used the word plotting, not yeah. me. He's right. Like, that's your Right. So your that word. make you're calling me so a turtle. Like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. You can.
0: <laughs> but but just that 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 constant, yeah. Maybe not flitting around, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the the constant continuing along the journey and Mm -hmm. as you said um never well these aren't your words these are my words but never really deviating always finding that this path has everything that you've needed
1: yeah every
0: question that you've asked along the way has been answered yeah at one point or not not always easily i would guess
1: right right
0: but eventually
1: and the answers are fun to find you know they're they're challenging and they're exciting to learn about
0: So we've got, uh, about three minutes to go, Kim, how, how's the handoff happening to the next generation?
1: Ooh, hopefully well. Yeah. Um, you know, I, we have great kids. Our, our son is inquisitive, but he's got his dad's the oldest, right? Yeah. He's the oldest, the one that just turned 13. So I, you know, so he asks harder questions, but he's got his, um, dad's like just kind of selfless love for life and trust in God and. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess that's my big fear. Hopefully I can. I know.
0: I I hear you. (laughs) What? Um, are there any cameos? Are there any, do you have any of the four who are really inquisitive and really asking questions respectfully or not?
1: (laughs) Um, I, yeah, I hate to say that probably more often than not, I see in my daughters, my, um, you know, sort of head butting. You know, I right. want the answer to this, yep, um I'm sure that's a good quality.
0: <laughs> it's worked out for you, okay. <laughs> yeah, right? right right,
1: yep, yep,
0: yep. um it's the example of your mom for you. I'm sure you've been trying to reflect her ability to answer those questions to your own children as well,
1: yeah. I think if i if I did half as well as my mom did, then, I'd be proud of myself.
0: There we go. Good for you. Uh, I also know that you're you're involved uh, in your parish as well, doing things, um, teaching uh, groups, small groups, part of a women's group, and so on. Do You enjoy hanging on the faith, teaching adults as well, or is this something? Like, do you? For for me personally, my job, adult faith formation, adult discipleship, I prefer adults. Nothing yeah. against my kids or young right. people anywhere, uh, but that just the the questions that adults have, I really gravitate towards.
1: Yeah, so there is this group of ladies at Saint Trace, and they're they're wonderful, and they're so I love teaching them. Um, and I I think most I do love teaching adults. Just the um, the level of the questions and stuff, you can go a lot deeper. So. We also teach the second grade class, and you know their their questions are a lot different and a lot easier to answer. Yep. Um, and wonderful. But yeah, I think it's definitely something about sharing the deep and richness of the faith that is um, is exciting.
0: So the reason, uh, just to start, start to wrap the reason that I I was so because I asked Camille if she'd be willing to tell her story on the air for Ignition, and she's like, what? As, as she sort of alluded to already, what's not very interesting, it's boring, but I I do think that's more the the experience of many cradle Catholics who didn't come to the faith as an adult, who didn't fall away and come back, you know, as, mm-hmm. as the, all sorts of those stories. But to me, the, the, this is just. It's important that for Catholics to hear your sort of experience, because that, that's, that's many of our brothers and sisters in the pews. I've always been there. I've always gone. I don't have the big dramatic conversion story, but that's fine because you're living out the faith um, as we're all called to do. So thank you for responding to the, the call <laughs> of the Lord's is and thank you for being here today.
1: Yeah, thank you for asking me.
0: Absolutely. So that will wrap up this episode of Ignition. Uh, again, you can email us at sfcatholic.org or tweet at us. SFDiocese uses the hashtag Ignition. If you have any questions about Cameo's story, I'd be happy to pass them on to her for you. Uh, if you have any ideas for future episodes, we'd love to hear from you. And until next time, dear listeners, may I may mighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening.